Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to Friday, and it's the Daily Bible Reading Time. Yes, here we go again. Here we go again. Hey, Pastor Rod, why don't you give us an update as of Thursday on what's going on with your family, since you talked to us a, a couple episodes ago about that. Thank you. Yeah, happy to do that. Uh, first of all, thank you so much to everybody. I know some of you guys found out on the podcast, and sorry about that. I, I don't, you know, we don't do a lot of social media or things like that, so sorry. <laughs> this is one of those areas where social media probably is really helpful. But thank you all for your cares and your prayers, the, the way that you've helped. I mean, I'm just... We are just so incredibly thankful. I echo exactly what I said two days ago, but man, I feel it and mean it even more today. But today has been a good day. Uh, last night uh, was a good night for her. So she woke up and they lowered her oxygen. They took her off of the high flow stuff, which forces oxygen into the lungs and now have her plugged into the normal flow stuff, which just kind of lets it guide in, guide itself into your, your body. Took her off of the IV uh, so man, so many good things that I'm thankful for. She's eating a lot more food now, so she's normal, and the diapers are coming at the normal pace that they used to be. So it's looking really good, and and I'm hopeful, man. I am crossing my fingers and toes while still trusting the Lord and be patient that by Friday, the time this podcast comes out, maybe maybe later this day, we'll be able to go home, God willing. But uh, but they keep on, and I've told a few people during over text. Every time we get excited, they kind of uh, gently push back and stay our optimism with with healthy caution and just say, you know, sometimes it just takes time for these last few days or the last few um, liters of oxygen to be weaned off. She needs to stay above a certain number. So we're trying to be optimistic and still patient at the same time. We feel like kids on Christmas Eve, except we have no concept of time. (laughs) We know it's Christmas Eve, but when is Christmas coming? We don't know. We just know it's soon. When is it soon? I don't know. So thank you everybody for praying. Thanks guys for taking care of our family. We have been so thoroughly blessed and we were were taking a lot of notes. Um, This is not the first time we've been in the hospital. Obviously we have kids, but this is the first time we've been hospitalized for something like this. And we're thinking, okay, how do we best help others in this situation? I've got a list of a few things that I'm like, okay, this, this is helpful. This is helpful. This is helpful. So some of it I already knew, but some of it I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a very practical, super easy way that we can serve others. I feel like that's a chapter in a book that needs to be written. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure there's something out there. I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of these things. But okay, I'll just share the one thing that's like, okay, this is the easiest thing. Yeah, that do I it. just feel like this is helpful. Um, some people, uh, actually lots of people, they ask the question, like, how can we be helpful? And in the moments of trying to figure everything out, you just don't know. Mm. Like, you don't know how, yeah, I don't know how you can be helpful. Like we, I know we need it and I know we need stuff, but I don't know how to be helpful. Uh, one, uh, Allie Trinidad just showed up and she's like, I'm bringing you guys lunch. Pick between this place and this place. Here's the, here's the menu or whatever. I'm going to show up at 1130. I'm going to have lunch for you guys. Didn't ask, just did it. And I'm like, that was, that was helpful. Yeah. She just showed up and gave us food. We needed it. It was great to see her. They allowed visitors. So it was really nice to see her. It was just, a, it was really, that was great. We loved that. So that's one. Food, meals, DoorDash, it's all kind of in the same ballpark. Those are super helpful. Um, just one other quick thing. Someone who was, I mean, close enough to the family said, I'll just take, I'll take over most of the details. I'll make sure that some, your kids have the child care that they need. I'll make sure that people are bringing dinner on these days. I just, we didn't have to think about a whole lot of that. So that Super was helpful. really helpful too. Yep. So nitty gritty practical stuff, but hopefully that helps some of you guys who are listening. Uh, by the way, thank you guys who are in AV who texted us, man. Thank you so much for your care. We love you guys back. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. 
That's awesome. And it's it's coinciding with uh, some of the things that we're, we're preaching on. In fact, you're going to be preaching on patience to the men in a couple of weeks. And yeah, you've talk, got some, talk about uh, being ready for that, man. Yeah, <laughs> some ammunition on that. Serious. Even as you were talking about that, I was thinking about this weekend sermon because we're going to be talking about uh, the, uh, the ability of Christ to meet our needs, that he knows our needs and meets our needs in abundance and, and not always the way that we want him to. So um, true. And so even just that patience and waiting on him to meet our needs and, and realizing, man, we can have confidence that he knows though. And, and so often we're tempted to, to grab it and, and say, okay, well, I'm going to meet my own need because God, you're not meeting it according to my time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a situation like this, you guys have kind of been put in a position where it's like, okay, you're going to have to wait on God because you have to wait on doctors and you can't control the doctors. And right, right. Ultimately, God's sovereign over that stuff too. But Well, speaking of needs though, you sound like you're smoking less. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. You know, I decided <laughs> four packs a day was too much. Too so much, I've cut man. back. Three is a good number. Yeah. No, the last two days have been super helpful. Just rescheduled some meetings and trying to rest my voice as much as possible outside of uh, really this. Um, going to continue that. Uh, until Sunday and, and hopefully be, be strong enough to go on Sunday. Sounds better, man. So we are, are weak creatures just yes, in, we are. in general. Vulnerable, I mean, weak. We have no idea. Yeah. We hang on a thread. It was one sermon and God was like, okay, I'm going to take your voice for a while. Yep. Yep. So we are weak, man. Yep. And sometimes it's just little things like that that just cause you to be to be grateful for yeah. the fact that most of our lives, we're not having to think about that. Right. God just takes care of us and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, of course he does. Right. No, not of course. Like you're weak, dude. Right. I right. love those reminders. They're helpful. Right. And, and even as we're, we're talking about the, the Exodus and what's going on here with, with this, this is, remember, this is really all about, this is God's might that he's flexing. This is not God telling the Israelites, okay, bow up and, and it's time for you guys to, to quit rolling over and, and free yourselves, get yourselves out of here. So God's saying, I've, I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to show my strength. I'm going to show my glory. I'm going right. to show my might in right. front of Pharaoh. And even as we'll see in the the coming days, uh, when they, they're freed from from Pharaoh and they're in the the wilderness, God is continually reminding them, "You can't do anything for yourself. You need me," and uh, and that's something that that is true of us today as well. Indeed. Well, let's talk about Exodus. Exodus ten, eleven, and twelve. <clears throat> Exodus ten, uh, it, it really the, the ten. There's two more plagues: the the plague of the locusts and the plague of the darkness um, that show up in Exodus chapter ten. And, and really both of them have to do with darkness. In fact, in 1015, it's, the land is described as being darkened uh, by all of these locusts having descended upon the region. And people have studied this sensation because there, there are locusts that will, in fact, I think there was some last summer or maybe a year ago that were in that region that were, were terrorizing the region and causing a lot of damage, but, but nothing to this level. I mean, this is clearly a a, uh, a supernatural event. Biblical proportions, we might say. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be a good description. Yeah. Um, and the locusts come, and in uh, verses 16 through 17, uh, here you get Pharaoh admitting sin, but this is, this is just false repentance. Pharaoh is not truly repentant. We know that because of the results here. Uh, the, the locusts are, are lifted from the land. God hardens Pharaoh's heart again, and he says, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then the next plague that comes is, is darkness. And at, at first, you might think, well, is darkness really that bad? But the, this darkness was so bad, as verses 22 through 23 tell us, that they, they couldn't see each other. Like, you couldn't see another person. Um, and, and if you've ever been, we were in the Midwest for a few years as a family, and the winter there was, I mean, people talk about seasonal depression. And it's a real thing. Like it, it, the gray skies, the clouds, the, all the leaves are just stripped off the trees and it's just day in and day out of the same dreariness. Yeah. 
sounds awful. Imagine that with darkness, like never being able to, to get out, get away from darkness and, and experience light. That would be miserable. And, and, it, and it was to the point that, that Pharaoh again is like, okay, um, listen, here's, here's, I, I, we need this to end. In fact, he's angry at this point and threatens Moses says, you're not going to see my face again. And, in, 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 unless the next time you see my face, you're going to be seeing my face to, to die. Hardly in a position to be making demands. By no, the way. no. Yeah. But it's the self-deception. It's the delusion that's brought about by God hardening Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh hardening his own heart into thinking that he can throw his fist in the face of the God that is almighty as he's been showing himself to be. Of course, there's a spiritual element to this too. The the darkness representing all that is evil, ungodly, and and the supernatural darkness that pervades the land is also distinct from what Israel herself experiences. In verse 23, all the people of Israel had light where they lived. So the parallel or the the picture, the symbolic picture of light and darkness is something that carries through all the way through the the Bible itself into what we look at in the New Testament and the Gospel of John as you're working through that. Yeah. So all these things here, as you read through your Bible, it's always a good question to ask, okay, what connections can I make with what I'm reading here? Are there any other places where I can uh, see God leaving breadcrumbs, as it were, to help me see the whole picture better? And this is one of those things, light, darkness, God judging uh, with darkness, and God judging the darkness itself by sending light to Israel. All those cool connections are worth you jotting down in your Bible. Yeah. Well, then we get to the plague of the firstborn um, in chapters 11 through 12. And this is the, uh, the final straw that, that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Um, and in this, this uh, situation, Moses appears and, and says to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt is going to die from the firstborn of Pharaoh all the way down to the slaves and even the, the firstborn of the animals as well. And, and this is such a, a, an intense warning here that you would expect, okay, maybe this will do it. Um, but again, there's, uh, there's no repentance. There's no remorse. There's no fear. Uh, verse eight, even notice where Moses is at now with, with Pharaoh. He's even Moses is angry now with Pharaoh. He went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Um, that emphasis of the, the degree that the measure of his anger there. And then in verse nine, God reminds Moses again, this is what I'm doing. Remember, this is all part of my plan. Moses is angry at Pharaoh because Pharaoh's not doing what logically would make sense. And yet God is reminding Moses right after that in verse nine, Hey, look, I'm the one that's orchestrating all these events and it's in accordance with my will. Uh, chapter 12, then we get the, the, the Passover and the Passover is something that we often think about as, as a feast, but it was an event before it was a feast. And uh, in this event, Israel was given specific instructions of what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to take a lamb and there's all kinds of instructions given the first month. This would have been March, April timeframe, Abib or Aviv is the, the month there in the Jewish calendar. They were to take a, a lamb who was a year old without blemish. That's significant because this lamb foreshadows another lamb that would be without blemish in the, the, the person of Jesus, the ram caught in the thicket, you know, so forth and so on. John the Baptist, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And what's interesting here, and I don't know if you noticed this too, Pastor Rod. Oh, I noticed it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you finish my thought? There? <laughs> no, but the, holding in for four days, 14 days. Well, he takes it at the 10th of the month and holds it to the four, the 14th. Oh, okay. So four days. So yeah, yeah, you're right. We're tracking those. So right. You and I caught the same thing. Right. Yeah. I just had my numbers wrong. The unity. Yeah. That's crazy. We share that, a brain. It's like, hey, co- come be the family pet. Mary had a little lamb for yeah. four days. And then poor Fluffy is... <laughs> right. Which... I, I, there's so many questions I have that I wish <laughs> scripture was more clear on. Yeah. But 
one of the implications maybe is the the cost of the sacrifice. Like you would endear yourself to oh, this yeah. sacrificial animal. That's exactly what I was going for. That's, yeah. what, that's what I thought anyway. So I'm, I'm with you on that point. Yeah. And then you go to John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Yeah. Powerful. So the, 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 the parallels there and the, the impact there, because they would have kept this little lamb and, and you would of course endear yourself to it. I mean, just think about Annie holding the lamb in her right. arms, clutching him and just, you know, play, naming him. Right. And they're like, no, 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 honey, don't name him. Don't name him. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Right. I just think about the whole family loving this animal, living with the animal, yeah. smelling him and just, they get used to each other and then having to let that animal go right. to pay the price for your family's protection. Oh, it's powerful. Right. We should do that. We should give every family at our church right. a lamb. To, I mean, to understand it, this lamb is dying so that we won't die. Yeah. Like it, the, the gospel the is substitute, just, the sacrifice. Yeah, it's, it's there. It's amazing. It is amazing. This lamb is dying so that we won't die. As painful as as it is for this lamb to die, for us to to sacrifice this lamb, it's 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 necessary and good if we hope to live. Yep. And that's what they they do, and they put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel. Which I saw something interesting there. There's been some archaeological evidence that uh, that the Egyptians would put their name on their doorpost and on their lintel as a sign of ownership over their homes. Oh. So it's perhaps that that's this was fun. the way of, of God showing These you belong people. to me. Yeah, my ownership. This is my house. Possible. It's a big house. Um, yeah. Lots and lots of rooms. Yeah. Big, big, big table, <laughs> big table, lots, lots of, food. of food. Yeah, <laughs> where we can play football. Yeah, you don't play football on the on the table. No, but in the yard. In the yard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the judgment comes in uh, in in chapter twelve, verse twelve. The the judgment is going to be on on the entirety of Egypt outside of this. Everyone who doesn't do this would suffer. And uh, and then there's this feast that's instituted that's going to be a memorial of this plague to remember uh, this as the years go by, that this is going to be a visual representation for Israel, for the, the Jewish people to remember what God has done. And, and Pastor Rod, have you ever done a, a Passover Seder? You know, I've always been interested, but never enough to pursue one. So even though I've had opportunities, I've not yet taken up the opportunity. I got to do, I think I've done two. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. One was uh, was much more informative and it re- there's so much symbolism there in every single part of the Passover Seder. So even today, yeah, still as the symbolic. Jewish people go through it and That's do it. Cool. it they there's a lot of significance there and in part you, you know in the one that i went to was a messianic uh, seder so oh, they, they were believing they jews Jesus in there good but you just sit there and you think man for unbelieving israel especially today like how, how can you miss it how can you miss the significance um willfully all over the place beware the sin of unbelief right 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 the god of this world has blinded their eyes right yeah yeah so yeah, so there it is. That's the, uh, the the institution of the Passover had to do with the event before the feast. And uh, that feast was significant to remember this event. And this event would mark uh, a, a very important moment in Israel's history. In fact, still does. But even in Jesus' time, this was one of the three feasts that required every Jewish male, 13 and over, to be present in Jerusalem for this feast. So it was one of their 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 holiest of days, their highest of days, um, was the remembrance of the Passover. So the Passover seems like, at least in this text, that it's it's a it's a week long. I don't want to call it a celebration, but a remembrance, a memorial. But you also have the feast of unleavened bread that's also identified here. So I don't know, Pastor Peter, what your take is on this, but I think that this starts out as uh, kind of one thing. It's a conglomeration or a conflation of these two things that eventually become two separate things. You have the feast 
uh, you have the Passover celebration, the day, and then yeah. you have the seven days of unleavened bread, the feast of unleavened bread, which I think there's also an eighth day included as as Israel grows up. There's a day after that that's kind of a solemn assembly of sorts. They gather together to honor and commemorate the whole situation. It gets a little confusing. As we work our it way does. through the feasts, let's just put the cards on the table here. It, it, it gets a bit challenging to say, okay, is this feast different, separate? Are they together? My, my estimation with these two anyway is that the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread kind of work together. They work in tandem, although technically they're distinct. Passover is one thing. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is the other. They work together though. Yeah. In fact, if you go to, if you have Logos Bible software, you can uh, open up a tool in that that is called the Israelite Feasts and Sacrifices, which breaks down all of the feast and their scriptural references that the Israelites celebrate. And so you can get access to that and and uh, dive in a little research, bit. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Um, feast of Unleavened Bread and uh, Passover is separated from that. Uh, you got the dedication of the firstborn. There, there's all kinds of rich information there. If you click on that, it will open up your fact book. Your fact book, by the way, in Logos is really kind of surveying your library and pulling out like all Wikipedia. the yeah the best information that you can about a given subject or topic. So better than Wikipedia. Yeah, Logos is helpful in that regard. Uh, it's under your tools, and so if you're wondering what that is, if you've got it open in front of you. Up in the upper left, you'll see next to the passenger topic window, you'll see a thing that looks like the grid, like the the Google grid that you click on. It's got all the different apps. Click on that, type in feast. It'll bring up what you're looking for on that. Sweet. Yep. So that's Passover. And uh, from here, we're going to see what God continues to do with the, the people of Israel. But uh, Israel is, it's this is baby Israel right now. This is, I mean, yeah, they've been growing for 437 years, but this is, this is Israel in her infancy. This is uh, getting us started really on the rest of what is in front of us. And there's a lot in front of us. So sure is. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, keep reading your Bibles and keep joining us to learn more and more about what is in front of us. Great. See you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.